Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Predetermined, a pro wrestling hangout. I'm your host, Garrett Callender, and with me, as always, a man who I can only assume is about to wish me a happy birthday, Derek Halpin. Ah, you got me. I really, really was. If you're listening to this episode brand new on Thursday, March 28th, wish Garrett a happy birthday. He's a, he's a 32-year-old man now, hosting a pro wrestling podcast. That... <laughs> Uh, so life is going pretty well right now doing wonderful living out all your all your dreams and fantasies no seriously man happy birthday i appreciate that i how you feeling i feel uh i mean that's a loaded question (laughs) i wasn't honestly i think what's funny is that you asking me that question was harder than anything else you could have asked me like because it has to be sincere yeah and then now I feel like I have to be like, well, let me tell you about how my mental health has been lately. It's been not great. <laughs> you, you've been through some shit lately. Uh, doubled up on my meds. I'm, I'm oh. trying to even her back out, Derek. Gotcha. <laughs> One thing um, I am really excited about, though, is last year for my birthday, my wife made me a terrible cake. Okay. Why, like, why are you throwing your wife under the bus to start this episode? She would straight up tell you this cake was bad. And she still served it to you. Yeah, she apologized many times. There's a show on Netflix called uh, Nailed It, where people who are bad bakers come on and then have to try and bake really complicated items. My wife is not a baker. She is a good cook, just not a baker. So She can handle making meals, but, you know, baked goods desserts not her specialty especially the presentation aspect of the very complicated cake that i chose for her to attempt all right and she i it was this cake that looked like a hot tub filled with pigs it was nearly impossible she wasn't going to be able to to nail this so she (laughs) makes this thing uh it was going to be raspberry flavored very overwhelming with the raspberries and i love raspberries but at the, you had to pull back a little bit. Yeah. And at the end of it, she she didn't even attempt the pigs. She found some WWE Pez dispensers from my my collection and uh, just took the tops off and made it look like John Cena, the Undertaker and the Rock were enjoying this kind of a hot tub. Kind of a hot tub. This year, she said, what do you want your cake to be? And a while back at a garage sale, I found from the 60s a Batman Superman cake pan that basically is just a muscular body. And you're in charge of making the head, really. <laughs> so so I said, take the muscular body and get me a Kitty Omega cake. Did that happen? Well, as of the, this recording, it's March 27th. So she still has time. I have not seen it yet, but it is the plan. I'm very excited for what she uses for Kenny's hair. So it's possible within the next couple of days, we're going to be getting pictures of your Kenny Omega cake. Oh, 100%. And please uh, let my wife at Lovable Scamp on the social medias, let her know what you think of that cake when we get that picture posted, because I bet it's going to it's gonna be special. It's going to be I special. I look forward I look forward to seeing that. Garrett, I probably should sing you happy birthday, but I think there's another song you'd rather hear right now. It's a good idea. Hit our goddamn music. disappointed i didn't sing happy birthday to you no i'm not honestly the fact that i brought up my birthday to you at all is weird i'm not a big birthday i'm not a big birthday boy even though i am the birthday boy i'm not a birthday boy i don't know it sounds like you got some good birthday stories here like just cake related anyway yeah i mean just cake related. only things that uh do i get a pass on the cake yeah okay you're i mean you're in trouble anyway we'll get to that in a minute i will say for those who don't know me, I've got multiple people in my life uh, who have birthdays 
on March 28th. You being my best friend, but the other being my mom, and another being our mutual friend, Abby. Lots of March 28th birthdays. Anybody else got a March 28th birthday out there? Vince Vaughn, Reba McIntyre. (laughs) (laughs) We're in good company. Who do you think could take more chops, me or your mom? Uh, Probably my mom. Yeah, she gave birth to you, and I imagine (laughs) that probably sucked. (laughs) What is that supposed to mean? You saying that I was a a painful birth? I am saying that looking at you, you look like you you were a painful birth. I know that my mom said she once passed a kidney stone. And she said that passing the kidney stone was way more painful than giving birth to me. So, ha! She's just being nice. (laughs) She said this willingly. It wasn't like I asked. I wasn't fishing for a fucking compliment. She knew. We weren't talking about what it was like to get my head through her fucking birth canal. She knew that that bothered you and it had been weighing on you for years. So she thought to herself, I should just mention this. It'll make him feel less bad about what he did to my body. Yeah. I don't I don't feel bad. You know what makes me feel good though, man? We have been getting new reviews in. Like a plethora of reviews. And by a plethora I mean three. Hey, but what makes that hilarious is it brings us up to sixty-nine. Woo! Nice. Nice. And the fact that you guys are leaving these reviews. You are so fucking awesome. We love you guys so much. I was kind of, because I, I don't really know, you know, we're still, uh, we're just over a year into this podcast. I didn't know, I'm like, are we getting a good amount of reviews? I started looking through some other people's, you know, just spying, seeing where we're at. We're doing pretty good, Derek. I think we are doing pretty good. And, and it always gets us extra excited when we see that we got a new review. You guys should do that for us. If you haven't already, hop on over to iTunes, give us those five stars. Leave us that nice review. It makes us feel good. It would be an awesome gift to give Garrett for his 32nd birthday. It would make him so happy. And you're probably going to need to do that because one of our regular listeners has a gift for Garrett. Garrett, I, I have something that I have to share with you. One of our audio. listeners has a gift for me? Yes. One of our listeners by the name of Lowell. Oh, fuck. I know you, I know you know who Lowell is. Yeah, I fear Lowell more than I fear any other Canadian that's ever existed. Is that true? A hundred percent, because all the other Canadians I've known are like, uh, they're a peaceful people. And I think he's like, don't stereotype us. I'm going to fuck you up. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how how much hockey you've watched, but there's some not nice Canadians out there. Bret Hart seems like a little bit of a bitter asshole, too. I forget, isn't it fucked up? I forget Bret Hart's Canadian, and I think part of that is because he's an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you, if you ask me, like, where's he from? Probably Boston. Back to the subject at hand. I have a, a, a gift, an audio gift to give you from Lowell. And I don't know if you're ready to hear this. I don't know if this is what you want to hear on your birthday. But I'm presenting this to you now, and we're going to play it so everybody can hear it. This is from Lowell. Hey there, everyone in Predetermined Land. This is Lowell calling in from Canada. I was very upset to hear recently about Garrett's lack of diet, his inability to do DDP yoga anymore, taking three weeks off before even mentioning it. This disappointed me so much, I traveled a few hours outside of my town to go see Jeff Cobb. I met Jeff Cobb, and Jeff Cobb and I talked about chops, all kinds of chops, but mostly just how powerful his chops are. We also talked about chopping fans, and I have some very bad news. I have bad news for Derek and I, because Jeff Cobb does not chop fans. He wouldn't take my offer of booking a show at Southern Underground Pro just to chop Garrett. He said no. So maybe I need to say yes. Maybe I need to show up in Las Vegas and chop Garrett. Or maybe I need to buy a ticket to a Southern Underground Pro show and show up in Nashville. I don't know when that's going to be. 
But I know the next place that I'm going to be is at SummerSlam in Toronto. And Garrett, if you are there, you better watch out. Because your chest will be black and blue after I get through with you. So disappointed. And if you couldn't figure out from that, Lowell's pretty pissed at you. Yeah, he doesn't seem pleased. Uh, I will let you know that really went my way towards the end. Except the part where he basically threatened me that if I go to Canada, I'm going to get beaten. <laughs> I mean, that's going to happen eventually. I It would be an honor for me to get a chop from Lowell. I hope we do see Lowell in Las Vegas. But if we don't, the, honestly, the part of him just randomly showing up at a Southern Underground Pro, that would fuck me up. Well, here's here's the thing. Not only is it would it be an honor for you to get chopped by Lowell, you deserve it. I don't care that it's your birthday. You definitely deserve it. He made a great point. You went three weeks just not telling anybody that you cheated on your DDP yoga diet. Three whole weeks just letting, letting it be, you know, a secret. And you think because you came out with it eventually that you're going to get off scot-free. And I think the thing that gets me excited is – He's being honest about what his odds of being able to either get to Vegas or you coming to Toronto, but he does seem dead set on making sure something happens to you. So it is a little bit like a, a uh, I don't know, it's a threat. You just got a threat from Lowell. He's coming for you. This is starting to feel like that scene in Billy Madison where Adam Sandler calls Steve Buscemi to apologize and he crosses his name off the kill list. <laughs> I feel like I need to give Lowell a call and apologize for whatever I've done to him, which I know is lie. Uh, and I hope that he crosses my name off that list and puts some lipstick on. Let's put some things into perspective. Lowell got Chris Jericho to unblock me on Twitter. We think. I'm I'm almost 100% on that. Why wouldn't Lowell just, if he made that happen, he would say that? Because he's a nice, humble Canadian. Okay, so maybe he's, he is Canadian after all. <laughs> he's nice to people who deserve to be treated nice. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> Happy birthday, buddy. Oh, You're going to get it. Thank you. Sooner or later. But does it does it at all disturb you that he he went out of his way? He tried to make the Jeff Cobb thing happen. Yeah, I'll be honest. As he started talking, Lowell's cadence and the tone of his voice is fucking scary. I think that's what he wanted. Yeah, he I succeeded. Thought it was perfect. Yeah, he had a great piece of audio. He was he's the uh, Canadian Orson Welles. You know, uh, he really struck the same fear in me that War of the Worlds did to a whole whole country. Let me ask you a question. If I said I was going to kill you, <laughs> you would probably just laugh. But if I said I'm going to kill you and then I went to like a gun shop and started shopping around the way he did, like when he went and found Jeff Cobb, do you take it a little bit more seriously? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's at least he's at least shopping and looking around at his options. I like that he went with Cobb and I'm so pleased that Cobb said no. Because over the weekend, I was watching some Cobb, and fuck. The whole time, like, I was sitting there getting an anxiety attack, thinking about how that would feel. Well, I mean, he could be working you. Maybe Cobb said, hell yeah. The way that asshole treated me at StarCast? I treated him just fine at StarCast. <laughs> if anything, I sucked his dick too much. It's a little raw. <laughs> maybe he didn't like it he's like all he wanted to do was talk about my action figures <laughs> all he did was give me, me compliments and tell me how good i am uh, speaking of compliments and how good we are i feel like i would feel bad if we didn't read these reviews from our listeners yeah get back to these reviews let's let's read the nice things people are saying towards you first one that pops up here hashtag team gar tet I recently got rid of all social media. Love this podcast. Both hosts are great. Only reason I look at Twitter. Both gentlemen are great at it. Thanks. Please review and watch ECW's RVD versus Jerry Lynn. Any of them. That's our homework for next week, Derek. I'm excited about yeah. that. I'm excited about that too. And that comes from our buddy Rand. 
who I know is headed to Joey Janela's Spring Break 3. I can't be there, Rand. So shoot us an email or something and let us know how that show went. I need to hear how, from a, you know, somebody that was in the room, how it was to see Onita in 2019. Shoot, maybe even Rand can record like a 30-second audio clip of the experience. Fuck yeah. Rand, let us know how it goes. Uh, next one. Uh, originally heard about the show through a mutual friend. It's really hard for me to get into shows, let alone keep up with them. Definitely not an issue here. You guys always keep it fresh and fun. And I'm always eager to hear what you have, uh, what you have in store every week. Question for both hosts and Leah. If Leah had to wrestle someone, insert any reason here, who would you put her in a match with and why? Thanks for all the listening hangs. And this is from HR sucks, which is either homeroom or human resources or, I don't know. I don't like something. So he said both hosts and Leah. Yeah. They want to know who we would put Leah in a match with and why Uh, we can get Leah on next week to answer this question. I think I could answer it right now. Dalton castle. No, I actually would. It would be a tag team match. Here's the stipulation. It's actually a hair versus hair tag team match. Okay. Leah is on a team with triple H. Because she loves him. And she would be, they would be fighting Kenny Omega and Dolph Ziggler. Two people whose hair seemed to bother her. Uh, I get it. That's adjusted. That's a justifiable reason. I just think my answer is going to ultimately end up being better. Her versus Dalton Castle. And then they just make out. No, I, I, my, my guess was, I guess Dalton, I thought, I guess Dalton Castle was going to be your answer. I was wrong. My answer is Finn Balor, so he can get back at her for saying, for her saying that he should die because she thought he was gay. That, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing that I almost took out in editing because as I was listening, listening back to it, I was like, I don't think this came out the way she meant it. And I was like, I hope people just skim over that and don't question it. <laughs> it was a Mary fucker kill question. And there were, th- I can't remember who the three people were, but she had to answer the Mary fucker kill. And she didn't want to marry or fuck Finn Balor because she thought he was gay. Like she was trying to be nice. She said it was a mercy killing because she didn't believe he would want to have sex with her. But we don't know that, right? That's not confirmed. No, we have no idea. And as far as I know, he actually has a girlfriend. Yeah. Hey, so just Leah speaking, speaking of Kenny Omega's hair, though, because we've mentioned it twice so far. Ramen hair? The ramen hair. Yeah. I saw a man walking down the street the other day, just down the streets of Nashville. He had Kenny Omega's haircut, but he was also probably late 40s, early 50s. And I'll tell you, that haircut doesn't just work for anybody. I know. I don't know if it works, period. I mean, I guess some people think it does, but. Like if, I mean, what haircut, though, can you picture Kenny Omega having other than that? I don't know. It's part of his identity, though. But I don't know any, I don't know any different. I just think that the the ramen style haircut is a little odd. I'm calling it right now, though. For that cake she's making, I bet I go in there and just see a bunch of ramen on top of the head of the body of this cake. Oh, like yeah. Swirled. Oh, yeah. It's going to be chicken flavored. <laughs> Do we have one more review to read? We did. And this is a short one, and I hope it isn't sarcastic. <laughs> it could be. We don't know. Let's see. This podcast is the absolute pinnacle of entertainment. Love you guys, devil horns. I don't know. You throw up the devil horns. That sounds pretty uh that sounds pretty legit. And this is from Peck Fan Billy. So guys, maybe it's uh, one of the War Raiders. Oh man. Yeah, this actually this is probably I mean for all we know these are just three people from uh <laughs> from Otis and Jizz's family that have been listening to those old shows. Derek, once again, old episodes continue to get a lot of downloads this week and weird ones. Like an episode where we were reviewing last year's Fast Lane. Well, maybe Fastlane was trending and somebody found it that way. That's hilarious, though, that somebody would stumble upon a podcast and wonder what we thought about Fastlane a year ago. Which, if I recall, was surprisingly decent. <laughs> like, it was a pretty good show. Couldn't tell you. Gar- Garrett, <laughs> I, I, we, we've got stuff to talk about for this week's episode. I do want to hop in really quick. 
Did you watch any SmackDown this week? No, you're about to catch me up on all the world of WWE. I was caught up in New Japan this week and watching some old WWF matches. What's going I on? Watched, I watched only a tiny bit of Raw, and I guess Raw's ratings have been consistently going down the last few weeks. It's not doing well. However, SmackDown apparently is trending upwards, ratings-wise and apparently in attendance and the way people are talking about it. It's going the right way as we, God, we're, we're less than two weeks away from WrestleMania. Think about this. I think about it every day, Derek, and I'm very sad. Do you, do you, do you think about it every day and that's why you don't tune in? Well, if I'm not going to be there, what's coming the at you pretty, I'm, yeah, you came at me pretty hot there. <laughs> I came at you pretty hard. It's your birthday. I'm going to try to, let me, let me bring it back a little bit. I apologize. <laughs> Really, yeah, he really busted my nugs on the day of my birth. I'm just saying that, like, last year, the push towards WrestleMania was a big deal for this podcast. This year, fuck, you're not even watching Raw and SmackDown and the build up to it. But, hey, that's okay. I know you're not that thrilled about there being women in the main event. I know that's not your thing. <laughs> Whatever. We do need to talk about this main event. Yeah, let's talk about on. this main event. Okay. So... Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me what you do know. No, no, no. Okay, so what I do know is, I mean, I am following. I know what's going on over there. Becky versus Charlotte versus Ronda. And last night, or two nights ago, I guess, whenever you're listening to this, it happened Smackdown this back. week. Smackdown this week. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Charlotte Flair is now the champion of Smackdown. So does this mean they're going to unify the titles? I don't know. And I... <sighs> This is one of those things they're doing it. They still have another week to explain what it's going to mean. Is it like, th- here was the thing. Everyone online seemed to enjoy the match. Everyone thought the match was awesome. Everyone thinks Charlotte's a great wrestler. They, everyone thinks Oscar's fantastic, I, but it seemed like the reaction was, God damn it. Oscar deserves better. And this is bullshit. And what are they doing? Because as some, as so many people have pointed out, so many of the women on the roster don't get the time that they deserve. And if they unify those belts, if that is in in fact what they decide to do, and there's no reason to think that that's what they're doing yet. If they decide to unify those belts, there's already (laughs) like, there's already not enough spots. Like there's not enough top spots then. Like is, is the, is the one women's title going to go back and forth between the, the two shows? Why are the women only getting one belt? Vince would be pissed at how often I'm calling it a belt, but, uh, it's a title Derek, but you know, one thing that, that could happen is that they could in theory have whoever gets pinned loses their title to the other person right yeah so only one title is up for grabs well let me let me let me let me propose a hypothetical to you what if you know how sometimes you'll see i think it's um natty and rusev will do like the double sharpshooter or the double uh uh what would you call it the steiner recliner (laughs) (laughs) the accolade can we just call it the steiner recliner from now on because it is it's it's, i want to go back to that whatever um what if becky puts ronda and charlotte and the disarmor like on stacks them on top of each other and bends both of their arms back and they both tap and they don't relinquish the like they don't unify the titles we just but get a Becky double has champ. both titles. Yeah. That could be fun. Have her bounce back and forth between the show, but then you just, I don't, honestly, I They're don't. already doing that anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like, do you think once they go to Fox, they're going to be bouncing back and forth anyway, because they're going to want the big people on both shows? I don't know. I mean, we don't even know what Rhonda's status with the company is. She may not even be there after Mania. We said I mean, that about Lesnar for like three years, and every time he keeps winning. I just heard that about Lesnar going to Fox just the other day. I read something that there's a rumor he could be moved over to SmackDown for the move to Fox. But um, Well, what no, I heard is that he's getting signed to AEW, and he's going to go <laughs> over there with the Universal Championship and throw it in the trash and then just never show up again. 
Who'd you hear that from? I didn't hear that. I that's just you, speculation. It's your birthday. You can do what you want. Yeah, you I can, can do what I want. Lies. <laughs> There's no consequences. He's actually going to go just... over and loot, drop the belt to Michael Nakazawa. Garrett, are you at least happy that we're having a historic WrestleMania main event? Like with this is a big deal. It just officially got announced the other day that this that this match is actually going to be the main main event. This is what's closing the show. That's cool as hell. And like I don't want to get caught up in complaining about how basically none of the other women are gonna get an actual match at WrestleMania now. Uh that that does suck. Not everyone is gonna be on this show. There's gonna be a lot of notable names who do not have a match at this show. And how many years are we into the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal? Uh, it started at 30 because Cesaro won. So it's been going on for five years. Yeah. Does anybody still care? Is it an honor? Does it elevate your career? Who won it last year? Mojo won it in Florida. It's clearly an honor. That's why we're able to remember. <laughs> All I know is that I saw Shaq wrestle in that once, and um, that's that's it. Uh, yeah, that Braun man... Braun won the Greatest Royal Rumble. Did he also win the? No, because he had the tag title match last year with the kid. He needs to bring that belt onto the show and just start defending it, like Matt Taven did over on Ring <laughs> just, of Honor. Just be like, it's a real thing. Look, I have it. it. Yeah, you know, if no one can beat him to get it, then it is hard to get it means something i will tell you something wwe did that okay so i woke up the other day first thing i see is a notification on my phone letting me know that finn balor and elias sang shallow from a star is born everybody knows how i felt about a star is born fucking loved it Derek. and i love the song shallow shallow la 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 So they did a duet together. They did. I was very excited. Elias sang, sounded fine. I was very excited to hear Finn Balor sing Lady Gaga's part. And I don't know why, but in my mind, he was about to be the most beautiful fucking singer I had ever heard. And he hammed it up in a jokey way and it pissed me off and I turned it off. And now I hope Finn Balor never gets that universal title. We're done, Ben. So basically your household wants Finn Balor to die. God damn it. It's my birthday. Don't bring up this Finn Balor hate. I was just, <laughs> I, obviously I'm joking. <laughs> besides, besides the, uh, the women getting the main event of WrestleMania, the other big news this week, Kofi's finally getting his match. And he got it because his, his brothers in the new day won a gauntlet match. Is that what happened? They won a tag team gauntlet match. <sighs> I think everybody saw this coming since basically before fast lane. And people are pretty stoked about it. Kind of out of nowhere. Kind of only happened in the last month and a half. Kofi Mania. They, I think they had different plans for the WWE title, but they're playing the hot hand and this is what they're going with. My, my question to you, is this going to be a show where almost every title changes hands? I don't want to jinx it, but it just feels like that's almost what has to happen, right? So do you think that Ray is going to get... So it's Ray Mysterio against Samoa Joe, right? Correct. Maybe not that one. Okay, who's... And for the IC title is who? It's back It's back with Bobby Lashley. And I no, guess no it's not. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess Finn Balor's facing him for the title at Mania. So let me, let me, let me backtrack. The women's titles... And the men's world titles look like they're all changing hands on paper because they're not going to do all this and then have Kofi lose, right? Don't count it out. I I am so uh, cautious with them now. Like before, I feel like if you go back and listen from episode one to now, episode one through like, 35 i feel like we were just going through a space where we're like nope we're gonna be positive we're gonna say this is gonna be great it's gonna be fine it's gonna work itself out and uh back to reality well there goes gravity yeah then we found out why all the podcasts complain 
and we and we joined them. <laughs> the internet it injected its its hateful spite towards pro wrestling into this podcast. <laughs> um, no, you're right. I mean, I guess we can take anything for granted, but goddamn, like, there's. N- are they really going to deny Seth Rollins, Kofi Kingston, and Becky Lynch? I mean, Jesus Christ. Which one of those do you, like, not let happen if you had to pick? I think from WWE's perspective, if they're looking to just make news, Ronda Rousey main eventing that and winning the title and then going on the Today Show the next morning is ideal for them. Like, Ronda winning? I think that's ideal for WWE as far as marketing and just publicity goes. Wow. And you have, I mean, they have to think that, right? That seems like such a mistake. I'm not telling you that I'm telling them to do it. I'm just saying that in my head from a business standpoint and the business being them just trying to get people who don't watch to recognize it. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I guess there's still the possibility that Brock Lesnar could beat Seth Rollins and we could get another Lesnar uh, title retaining on uh, at WrestleMania. Or do you think that they do a thing where Ronda wins, but then they have a rematch on the Raw after Mania and Becky wins at that one? Fuck, man. I don't know. Because you got to do something big over there, too. And you already called up Otis and Jizz, so you say you ruined that pop well, that they would have gotten. We blew that opportunity. <laughs> you blew that Jizz. Can we talk about yeah. Can we talk about that weekend, though, really quick? We're getting Walter versus Pete Dunne. God, that's going to be fucking hot. <laughs> that is going to be so good. That might end up being match of the weekend. I was going to say that that might be in my top three of the weekend for sure. That is definitely one of the things I'm most excited to check out. God, I just think it's... I don't know. Last year's WrestleMania at the end, it was such a bummer. You were there for that. It was such a weird ending to the show. I'll never forget the walk out of that stadium. That was the weirdest walk I've had as I looked for that Ruckers for two hours. (laughs) Walking by and just a bunch of strangers just kind of looking at the ground like, well, what? That was weird, huh? Yeah, it was. Same, same shit, different day. In the E. So, I guess I guess what I'm saying is that, you know, I'm excited for Mania, as I always am. How, I mean, it doesn't matter how great the build has been or not. It's Mania weekend. It's wrestling Christmas, as you've said. And there is some historic stuff going on, some people getting opportunities that previously would not have gotten opportunities. And plenty of reasons to tune in. Well, the G1 Supercard over at Ring of Honor in New Japan, this card is really coming together with some matches I'd fucking love to see. Well, you see, I haven't watched much Ring of Honor lately, but I have watched some New Japan. Well, now, uh, just speaking of Jeff Cobb, we're going to get Cobb versus Will Ospreay, and it's champ versus champ, never open weight versus the ROH title, winner leaves with both titles. Jesus. And if I had to look at that and guess... Osprey and Cobb? Osprey and Cobb. That's not a matchup that... like In my head, the match I wanted to see was Osprey versus, like, Bandito. Or somebody, you know, that does the same style as him. But I also can see a guy flipping all over the place and Cobb catching him out of the air a lot and just manhandling him. And if I had to... destroying his chest. Oh, absolutely. And if I had to guess who would win that, my prediction right now would be Cobb. I see Osprey as a guy who they would move up to a different title in New Japan, let Cobb come over and you do the never open weight title for a while. Because right. he already had some association with uh, New Japan anyway. And I kind of see him going to New Japan before I see Will Osprey headed to Ring of Honor. How else is this card shaping up? Let's see. We're going to have Naito versus Abushi for the Intercontinental Championship. That's going to be such a good one. That's going to be so good. That's, I mean, to me, that is a match that's worthy of being in Madison Square Garden. Yeah, for that sure. Is, that is two top guys. Uh, we're going to have Sabre versus Tanahashi. and Because Sabre is the British heavyweight champion, and it's going to be for the British heavyweight title. 
Uh, this is a weird one. Winner takes all belts. It is a four-way tag team match for the IWGP Tag Championships and the Ring of Honor Championships. So it's Tamatanga and Tongaloa versus PCO and Brody King <laughs> versus Evil and Sonata versus the Briscoes. Wow. I, this is going to be a super card. I mean, and with that one, who the fuck takes all those belts? You're sure as shit not sending PCO over to Japan, are you? Oh, I hope. I oh, hope so. I hope. I, there are a few guys I'd love to see in New Japan, and I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. I need to see PCO <laughs> versus Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> I want to see PCO share a ring with Red Shoes. <laughs> Put it on my wish list. Uh, for real, though, looking at that card, which of those guys do you see transitioning to the other company? The Briscoes aren't going to do it, right? They got to take care of their chicken farm. Yeah, yeah, they definitely don't have time for that 14-hour plane ride, but they nah. would be fun to watch over there. Oh, they would be a blast to watch over there. I don't see it happening. But also, it seemed like Evil and Sonata were kind of showing up more often in the States for shows, so maybe you bring right. them over and have them be a big team over on Ring of Honor. I don't know. I like winner-take-all titles matches. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of fun. Well, okay, Gorillas of Destiny. I'm ha I like that they're just calling them Gorillas of Destiny and not pretending that it's Bullet Club. Over the weekend, I was watching, uh, you know, a lot of the Ring of Honor, or not Ring of Honor, I'm sorry, the New Japan Cup matches. And in the middle of that, they had Chase Owens versus Juice Robinson for the U.S. Championship. How's Juice doing these days? He's doing better than Chase Owens. That guy <laughs> doesn't have any friends, I don't think. I mean, I know Gato was out there with him, but wh who? It's, he's a man with no country right now. Like he's yeah, Gato's walking him to the ring, but I don't see him hanging out with anybody else in the Bullet Club. And it's just not. It's not. <laughs> try, stop trying to make Chase Owens a thing. It's not gonna work. Weirdest thing in this match was Chase Owens and the Bullet Club were cheating the whole time. They were constantly cheating, but every time they cheated, it somehow just made Juice stronger. So every time he Chase Owens cheated, he somehow looked like more of a pussy because Juice Robinson was still beating the shit out of him. And can I tell you something? I felt dumb as absolute hell after Juice did his finisher and they said his finisher name. And I finally, for the first time, realized, oh, it's a different pun than I thought I was laughing at what's juice juice's finisher then pulp friction. juice's finisher is called pulp friction right and in my head i'm like yeah it's a pulp fiction joke never even never for whatever reason never even thought oh pulp juice yeah clever yeah 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 i'm dumb as hell derek i'm 32 and i'm know. slipping that's pretty i don't know there may be other people out there who that that didn't occur to them dude garrett um you texted me something the other day, and maybe we should talk about it on the podcast a little bit, because once I gave my reply to your question, you never said anything else. But you asked me, what does Bullet Club have to do to get back at the level that it used to be? I think that's roughly what you asked me, correct? Yeah, because I kind of said it's like if a band lost their lead singer three different times and made it work really, really well, and they've finally got a new lead singer where everybody's like, I'm kind of good on this band. So where, like, what, what do you, what are your thoughts? I told you, I don't think they'll ever get back to the level they used to be. Not to be a negative Nancy. I'm just, I don't, I don't know if it'll ever be that big again. When, when are they going to basically go back? I, I, I feel like I bring this up all the time. The stage for all in was the bullet club logo. That's yeah. not happening anymore. And also, when you're watching wrestling shows, it used to just be a sea of Bullet Club shirts. And yeah. since the elite have left the Bullet Club, you're not seeing those shirts anymore. Yeah. I mean, even in New Japan, I'm trying to remember when I was looking around the crowd if anyone was wearing Bullet Club stuff. Like, I'm just trying to figure out what they see in Jay White and what their plans are for him. Because obviously... The main event at Madison Square Garden is Jay White versus Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Go back to the decision to put the title on, on Jay White. 
what was the, are, are they willingly going through a rebuild? Essentially, they know it can't be that big again, and they're just kind of doing whatever they want creatively and seeing if it'll get somebody over. I, it, that's kind of what it seems, but is there a reason to keep Bullet Club going at this point, or is it just because it is an iconic faction? At the, has there ever been a different wrestling faction that's lasted this long through this many leaders and didn't just disband? Oh God! What year did Bullet Club start? See, I don't know that. I mean, the Horsemen lasted for a long time. That's true, and they went through quite a few rebuilds. And but I mean, yeah. it was always four guys. It wasn't a whole group. Well, but but there was always like there was there was always like a fifth or a sixth hanging around, despite them being the horse. They always had like a manager, and like J.J. Dillon, the Enforcer. Bullet Club debuted May 3rd, 2013. So six years? Yeah. They had a six-year run. Still going, though. Kind of. Theoretically. A lot of different <laughs> leaders in that time. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I mean... Is it time to kind of wrap it up? I think it is. I think what we had Finn Balor, we had, or I'm sorry, Fergal Devitt, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega. And they really nailed it three times really hard and made stars so big that they left the company. Yes. I don't see that happening right now. Unless Yeah, who's left? The Gorillas of Destiny, Chase Owens, <laughs> and uh, I think Robbie <laughs> Eagles. They keep, though, teasing a debut, and all it is is the silhouette of a man and just really loud, obnoxious techno music, but no face. And I don't see that working, but you know what? Loud, obnoxious techno music seems to be the new like butt rock entrance theme because <laughs> I was watching the last two progress shows and I know you haven't heard us talking about progress in a while. Holy shit. These last two shows were not doing it for me. <laughs> They're not working. It just, I don't know. They started bringing in. Some guys that, like, when it first started, I was seeing like, oh, they're bringing in Angelico. I like Angelico. He's been, I haven't seen him in a while. But then they start bringing in guys that I had really only seen in NXT UK. And then, like, DJ Z's in it now. So, I'm worried. It is kind of becoming another Evolve. Like, it's just another WWE training ground. Yeah, I think it works better as its own promotion with the occasional WWE NXT appearance, but and not that the matches aren't good. I'm just for whatever reason just not as excited. Though I still love the vibe of a progress show. That opening part where Jim Smallman comes out and just does crowd work for the first like 10, 15 minutes. I I might tune into progress still just to watch him chat with the crowd because I fucking love that part. Does he have like your dream job? Oh fuck yeah. Oh, fuck. Like, yeah. just gets to be a guy like he's just himself, but he's like a wrestling promoter. Yeah. And he also does work for NXT UK. I think he's a writer. He's in the creative over there. Oh, that's awesome. So, I mean, a lot of the guys that he helped build, he's still working with. I will tell you, you, you recommended that I watch a match and I checked it out. It's totally worth it. Watch some of the New Japan Cup. I watched. A match between Okada and Ishii. Thanks for the thanks for the suggestion, buddy. Man, those two beat the shit out of each other. Do you think all of the forearm shots look equally powerful, or do some of them look a little? <laughs> they they all. Sound I'm just powerful. saying what everyone's thinking. Like some of them don't look that bad, right? It just truly looks like you can't break Ishii's neck. You can't break what isn't there. Like I'm not gonna say anything about the chops. The chops look stiff as hell. But like some some of the uh, some of the shots to the head, like the, some of the elbows to the head, they look stiff. Other ones just look like yeah, uh, he's just pressing his forearm up against his head. I think one of the things that I love that Okada does are the shotgun drop kicks. Yeah, he has one of the you prettiest not... fucking drop kicks. <laughs> yeah. I you know I don't think I I've watched a lot of his matches now. I think it finally dawned on me. I'm weirded out that the Undertaker's finishing move is now just a move that's out there, and they still refer to it as a tombstone. Like you you forget that there's a reason it's called the Tombstone Piledriver, and it was because it was used by a character called the Undertaker. So 
The New Japan Cup this year was a little weird. The New Japan Cup is usually where they kind of crown a new star. Like last year, it was Zack Sabre Jr. Uh, you before feel like they're not doing that this year. Well, I mean, this year they <laughs> the winner was Okada. Well, yeah, <laughs> and but, that... I mean, but I'm just saying that like since Okada's established, I mean, are they going to go right back to putting the title back on him? I see why they did it. I mean, Okada headlining Madison Square Garden's a big deal, and he is somebody I don't mind having the belt on. If he wins it that night, everybody's going to love it because people hate Jay White and Okada's the fucking man. I'd be cool with that. So even though he did win, though, there was a rising star in the New Japan Cup, and that was fucking Sonata. You think he's ready to go do his own thing and become a star? Man, if he didn't have that weird little blonde beard, I'd want to be him for for life. (laughs) Like, he looks like some kind of Billy Goat wizard. That scares me. So it's weird. It's he, <laughs> what? it's. Have you ever had a, somebody in your friend group that just has a really terrible beard, but you can't tell them? You don't want to answer this. Maybe. But you know somebody's had like a chin strap or like an Amish beard or something that you're just like, come on, man. Uh, friend of friend. Some facial hair you don't approve of. Well, I'm not even saying that I don't approve of it. I'm just like, society doesn't love this as much as you might. (laughs) And I feel like the rest of LIJ is just not telling Sonata. Because that being said, they don't want to say anything. It's got a great length. It's got a great length. It's just weird and pointy. And I mean, it's a beard I personally would not want. I was going to say, are you describing his beard or his dick? (laughs) You said it's weird and it's pointy. And, and nobody wants to talk about it in LIJ. Derek, I'm talking about this match again. Just get, get your head out I'm of the sorry. gutter. You're always talking All about right. dicks and stuff. Uh, uh, this is our show. So yeah, It is the show. You know this by now. <laughs> We're 63 episodes in. No, uh, so Happy 32nd birthday. Before the finals, Sonata had to fight Tanahashi, and it was a hometown show for Sonata. That arena was booing Tanahashi. Wow. That doesn't happen. And it even was a thing like when Sonata came out, the the pop for him was insane. And he got on the turnbuckles and the crowd was cheering. And Tanahashi got up on the turnbuckles. The crowd booed him and he had a look on his face like, this doesn't happen. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What did I do? What scandal broke about me? And great. Like, once again, just the matches throughout this entire show were excellent. It is... I didn't catch very many bad matches out of the New Japan Cup, but in this one, not only did Sonata beat Tanahashi, he tapped Tanahashi out in his hometown. How was the pop for that? Oh, it was awesome. And he got to get on the mic afterwards and the crowd went nuts. And then the next night he had to fight Okada in the same building. Uh, What was the reaction? uh, See, I thought with that one, it was a little more split. Because it seems like people are still high enough on Okada that they can get past him not being from their hometown. <laughs> He's the rainmaker, baby. He, I mean, he is Okada. Is he out of his midlife crisis officially? I think he's just back to being regular Okada. I haven't seen him hold balloons in a little bit. He seems like his hair's back to normal. He doesn't look as sad and wondering who he is. He figured it out. He, yeah, he figured it out. But you know what? The Tana, or I'm sorry, the Ishii Okada match, there were moments that made me think of another match you and I watched over the weekend. Yeah, we watched two we'll matches see. for this because I had mentioned last week, you know what? I kind of want to watch an Ultimate Warrior match. And thank God you picked the best, worst Ultimate Warrior match we could have watched. I watched two Warrior matches. If you want to call one of them that. Okay, so we watched WrestleMania 6's main event. It was the main event, right? Yes. Okay, Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior. Warrior's going into the match as the Intercontinental Champion. Hogan's got the WWF Championship. And this is kind of like like we talked about with Andre versus Hogan. It's one of those iconic WrestleMania matches that you just, you're supposed to just, you have to see this one. That's how they bill it. And 
What did you think of the match itself? Was it every bit as, uh, I don't know, epic as it is billed as? Well, the build to this match, the video packages they were showing us, and the promos these two were cutting on each other was so intense, and so much cocaine had gone into these people's bodies to get them so hyped to scream about how good this match was going to be and how bad they were going to beat that other guy. And I'll be honest, I don't know if it lived up to the promos they were cutting on each other. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's kind of like how we've been looking back at these other manias and we've talked about when you go back and watch Macho Man, when you go back and watch Piper, you kind of remember why they're legends because we're so far right. removed from this. We just have like, yeah, they're legends. But when you go back and watch, you realize, fuck, that's why this guy was a legend. This guy was so good. And then in my head, because I was a huge Warrior fan as a kid. I remember this Ultimate Warrior piggy bank sitting on my shelf. There was still a penny stuck I in his bicep. That. Couldn't get I it out. I remember that. So in my head, I'm like, Warrior's fucking awesome. Beyond running to the ring and shaking the ropes, there wasn't a lot of excitement in this match, Derek. <laughs> well, but I think the crowd was really into it, though. Oh, absolutely. Once again, these first several manias... The crowd. Are you just saying it doesn't age well for you? I'm saying the match as a whole. Oh, right. Yeah, no, the match doesn't age. Like, the crowd being into it is awesome. Because as a kid, can you imagine anything bigger than Hulk Hogan fighting the Ultimate Warrior? Right. And it was essentially supposed to be like a passing of the torch moment, right? Yeah, and it ended up being two guys grappling, grappling for a long time and no selling for about 15 minutes. <laughs> Which is kind of what the Ishii Okada match was. Yeah. But it was also way more exciting. I, I'll i be honest with you. I never, I mean this with all, all due respect. <laughs> That's I, how I can tell this is going to not be very respectful. <laughs> I just never thought Warrior was that great. I, like, I never got it. Like maybe if I had seen more of his stuff when I was a little kid, I would have thought it was awesome. But I don't know. I, I liked Sting better. Well, I want to look up some other warrior stuff and I want to find what are considered to be classic warrior matches. Something that's going to get me excited now. I think a lot of people will tell you this one you watch is a classic warrior match, but if, if, if we're wrong, would love to hear suggestions on what a good warrior match is. Please tell me you watched the other one. Yeah. Yeah, I did. We watched Halloween havoc, 1998. How did you, uh, which is which took place in the same arena that we will be in in just a month or two. MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada, the home of Havoc. Uh, my favorite thing is, maybe this is where Chuck Taylor got this from, but how many times Hulk Hogan, to the crowd and to the camera, as he's powdering outside, goes, I'm going to kill this dude. <laughs> I really hope that's why Chuck Taylor always says, I'm going to kill this dude. <laughs> Yeah, but let's be clear. He does try to by the end of the match. Wait, what does he do by the end? First of all, number one, during the match, he attempts to throw a fireball in Warrior's face. Holy shit, Derek. I fuck. <laughs> fuck, Derek. He, he lit flash paper on fire and it burned up before his hand even got halfway up his body. You know, it makes you really appreciate the video that you got of uh, Jerry Lawler shooting a fireball at Joey Ryan dressed as Andy Kaufman right at his dick. It makes you really appreciate how well he was able to pull that off because Hogan tries to throw a fireball into Warrior's face, really just kind of blows up in his hand, and then he has to do something else. And the best part of all of that were the commentators having to pretend that that didn't just happen. No, they did. Well, they didn't pretend like it didn't just happen, but they went into what would have happened. If. Yes. So they had to he go. Tried. They had, they're like, they did all the same dialogue they would have done, but did it hypothetically. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that. First, where at the end, it's like, ah, Okada beat Sonata, but just think about how it would have been here if he didn't. Okada's like standing up there with the title raise like this is Sonata's hometown and if he had the title raise the crowd would be cheering even louder <laughs> I just I just think it's funny because 
for for however however you felt about the WrestleMania six match between these guys, it it still felt really epic. Here at Havoc ninety eight, it just felt really fucking lame. And the finish is Eric Bischoff, who's on the outside supporting Hogan, jumps up and puts Nick Patrick, the referee, in a headlock and just forces him to face away from the ring as the ref struggles under Bischoff's grasp. Horace Hogan, Hulk's nephew, comes in the ring, hits Warrior with a chair once, and Hogan pins him. That's it. One one chair shot to the Ultimate Warrior, and the match is over. After the match is over, this is what I was getting at earlier. Hogan spent the whole match saying, I'm going to kill him. Horace Hogan brings a bottle of lighter fluid to the ring. <laughs> and they proceed to douse the Ultimate Warrior's body in lighter fluid. And then Hogan apparently has a lighter or a match, and they're getting ready to set him on fire. Again, another hypothetical. And then WCW security shows up and stops it from happening. And everyone seems annoyed and Bischoff's pissed off and says, this is my company. I can do what I want. Like, apparently you can just murder a man if you own a wrestling promotion. (laughs) The intention was that after beating the Ultimate Warrior in a pro wrestling match, Hogan was done with the Ultimate Warrior and was just going to fucking burn him alive. And then I'm you think that ever came up at the trials is part of Hogan's is part of Terry Bollea's character after a sporting event. You tried, you tried to burn a man to death. Explain yourself. I don't think, but fucking Bubba, (laughs) I was going to say, I don't think fucking Bubba, the love sponge's wife was the real crime here, sir. (laughs) (laughs) You tried to murder the ultimate warrior in the middle of a ring in Las Vegas. Well, I mean, essentially what we watch, it doesn't hold up because we're just watching two racist dudes have a turd of a match <laughs> on the the pre-main event. Was Warrior racist as well? Didn't he, uh, I guess I probably shouldn't make accusations, but didn't he have, I thought like he, he had some racial stuff happening in the 90s where he officially changed his name to Warrior and went into politics and didn't he have some questionable... Uh, See, I remember something about that, but I don't remember what his policies were. Maybe we should do some research for for the next. See, we need to get our listeners to submit, you know, some good warrior matches to us. We can watch that and then we can talk about his political career. (laughs) We can actually go through and rate all of the former wrestling politicians and see who like go through, really look at their careers and see who did the most for their countries or states. Does that include Hogan's fake run for president in WCW? Which I remember telling my dad as a child, this is definitely happening. And your dad was like, God, my son's an idiot. (laughs) I hope he's not still talking about this shit in 20 years. (laughs) Surprise, Bruce! Your 32-year-old son's still talking pro wrestling. Just not living in your house anymore, Dad. Just doing it somewhere else. Just yelling into the internet. If the listeners want to uh, suggest some Ultimate Warrior matches to us, uh, how can they reach out to us, Garrett? Look us up on the social medias. We're at Wrestle Hangout on Twitter. We're at Predetermined Podcast on Instagram. We're at Wrestle Hangout on Facebook. And if you want to send us an email, that'd be fucking weird, but you can do it at Predetermined. <laughs> do it at Predetermined we- Podcast at gmail.com. Do we have a P.O. box yet? Do we need one? Are people going to start sending us shit? snail mail as they call it yeah we should set up a p.o box i hope to get some send me all your old horace hogan merchandise if you want to send us a uh, a postcard or an anthrax letter we got that p.o box for you <laughs> seriously though horace hogan maybe the best part of that ultimate warrior match it shows the build to the warrior match and all it really showed was hogan nailing horace hogan Hulk Hogan nailing Horace Hogan so fucking hard in the face with a steel chair. Like staples put in so hard that I rewound it and watched it again because I couldn't see it through the tears streaming down my face. (laughs) And as I I remember this happening and as I was looking at the NWO, all I could think of is fucking Chase Owens, man, you're the Horace Hogan of the bullet club. (laughs) 
You are the horse. That would make Chase Owens so sad. And I don't want to make the guy sad. I want him to have a great career, but I think he needs to know. Somebody's got to tell this man. Like, I mean, Chase Owens look like he looks like one, like a bully from our dumb kid math classes. Oh man. And Derek You're saying he looks like a skank. Yeah, but you know, he just he looks like he would have been in jail by the end of fifth period for us. Sometimes that helps you. Sometimes that look that that specific look helps you in the pro wrestling industry. Yeah, Seth Although Rollins ECW's found a way out of it. anymore. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> look, he's getting a title shot at WrestleMania. Look at how he looks. Some people think Seth Rollins is a gorgeous man. I don't know what you're talking about. They took that blonde streak out of his hair and it really gussied him up a little bit. You think that helped? I bet he cleans up real nice in a suit. Mm. Oh, so you know how we talked about the uh, sideshow wrestling show that's going to be here in Nashville? Yeah. Got fucking canceled today. What? They had to cancel the show. So it what? wasn't. What? Why? It wasn't in Nashville. It was in Nolansville, which is right outside. And it was at a venue called uh, the Nolansville Historical Society. And I guess they just informed the city. Not this venue. The city informed them they cannot do this show anymore because they're not allowed to have ticketed events there. And I guess even the venue's like, huh? We have ticketed events all the time. And the the wrestling promotion even offered the city. They're like, okay, we'll do away with tickets. It's free to the public. No dice. They are not letting it happen. Even the Nolansville Fire Department and like, ambulance or what no it was the police department and the hospitals were like sponsoring the show and it's done is there some bullshit politics behind all that no, i had no clue maybe they didn't like cody running for mayor of whatever whatever his plan was <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh it's weird they did say though that they're gonna reschedule and do it at a different venue and they said that the Cody and Frankie cigar thing is still happening, but that means those people still paid $300 for that and a pizza party and no wrestling show. That's a bummer. Yeah. Hopefully they get something going again and can make it happen in a, in a better venue. Cause I had front row tickets to that shit and I was kind of excited. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, buddy. Well, I got refunded. Des- it's okay. <laughs> you deserve better on your birthday. But I will tell you this. This is the longest I've gone in this last year without watching live wrestling. You getting the uh, the itch? Especially with fucking Mania next weekend and not being there. If you guys are going to Mania, please uh, let us know what shows you went to. Let us know which ones were some of the ones we should check out after the fact. And yeah, you know what else? Since uh, you guys requested that match, Rand, I know you're going to be there. We'll watch that match that you wanted so that you can listen to it on your drive to Mania. We've got to watch some Jerry Lynn, too. I'm excited about that. I've got a buddy I used to work with that was a huge Jerry Lynn fan. We've got stuff to talk about next week. What do we got to talk about next week? Uh, We've got more Warrior stuff coming in, hopefully. We've got, you know, Rand submitted his his Jerry Lynn match. I'm just hyping up all the things you just got done talking about. (laughs) You fucking asshole. I... I watched uh I watched Motley Crue's The Dirt on Netflix over the Netflix over the weekend and it made uh, me realize right. I know nothing about doing heroin. <laughs> Let's keep doing this podcast till you do. Well, in it I saw them heating up the spoon and I can just tell that's a step I would skip. <laughs> <laughs> like the heating up of the spoon really felt like it really feels like if you get a microwavable dinner and it wants you to unpeel it and stir it up and put it back in for another two minutes. And, and it's scary. That shit ain't happening. I'm not pulling it out. It's going in for one time and coming out. I'll be like, I'm going to take my heroin room temperature, please. <laughs> what? This is a dark way to end this episode. <laughs> is this what the mid thirties are going to be like, buddy? Hey, I got to just tell you what my thoughts are when I'm not watching wrestling. And that's, that's where I was. <clears throat> All right, everybody. Wow. You know what? Let's uh, let's go ahead and let's let's put a pin in this one. We'll we'll talk let's, to you again next week. Let's cut this off and see if you got your Kenny Omega cake ready. Oh fuck yeah! I am so excited about that cake. Be checking the social media. I'll post a picture as soon as I have this cake. Lots I, of pictures from every angle. I anticipate a train wreck, a loving train wreck. I expect the same when people submit their Ultimate Warrior matches.
Ooh, yeah, I can't. I'm actually excited to dive back into that too. But all right, everybody, thanks for checking us out. Do all that social media stuff I said. Rate, review, subscribe. Thank you, everybody who's been leaving those reviews. You are so fucking awesome. You're helping us out. Obviously, people are starting to find the podcast more, and your reviews are helping. You're doing your work, and I love you. All right, Derek, what do we do? Well, this is usually the part of the episode where we hit our goddamn music. So disappointed.